pretty um and i will share my thoughts on my takeaways uh what i thought about it and where where the football program can go from here but first as always we start off with other ucl related news uh the soccer program continues their fast start on the season improving to 6-0-2 with a 4-1 win over rogers state on friday and a 3-1 win over northeastern state on Sunday, they host Fort Hayes, Fort Hayes State uh, Friday and Ambassador Kearney on Sunday. Volleyball moves to 10 and four with a 3-1 win over Fort Hayes on Friday and then a 0-3 loss, number three, Kearney. Uh, they have three straight home games this week, starting with uh, Missouri Southern tomorrow, which is Tuesday. Emporia State on Friday and Washburn on Saturday. So hopefully they can get a clean sweep in those three home stands at Hamilton Fieldhouse. Uh, women's Golf. Women's Golf finished fourth at the Investor Kearney Invitational. They are currently hosting the UCL Classic uh, today and tomorrow at the UC at the Golf Club of Edmond, where they currently are standing in at second. So hopefully they can uh, maintain that, if not, and get to that first spot when it's all said and done. Men's golf finished second at the Missouri Southern Invitational. 
uh, with Jacob Lackey earning MIAA Men's Golfer of the Week. So to Mr. Lackey, I just send you a congratulations on a, on a well-earned weekly honor. Uh, they're competing in the Kentucky Westland Fall Invitational where they, where they finished in second yesterday. I checked today as of 5.55 p.m. on Monday. Uh, and there has been no update. So currently they are still in second. So hopefully again, they can either uh, keep the same standing or improve on that. And other UCL football related news, former linebacker Alex Figueroa, you recall last year, his name was mentioned quite a bit, competed in the Spring League's Georgia Showcase over the weekend. If you're not familiar with the Spring League, the Spring League, is a uh it's it's a it's a it's a it's a league that allows for players to kind of went under the radar former nfl guys uh they have they get together for about a week a couple of weeks they do some practicing and then they have a couple of showcase games in front of nfl scouts cfl scouts and xfl scouts uh, i know the xfl was using it to test their rules out earlier and, and most notably, I think Johnny Manziel played in the in the spring league before going to going to Canada briefly. So there were definitely some some uh, some some eyes there. So hopefully uh, Alex impressed um, the right people, and hopefully he'll get a shot either in the NFL, XFL, or CFL. But in any case, good to see him still out there pursuing his football dreams. Now moving on. To the main part of the podcast here, and again, as we mentioned in the in the opening a couple, couple of minutes ago, it was not pretty. Uh, it was it was it was not pretty. It was not what anybody had hoped for. Um, but you know, blows happen to everybody. You know, I mean, if, we, if we're being completely honest here, uh, they they happen to you. They happen to OSU. They happen to Texas. They they even happen to to uh, Bama, if you recall the national championship, wasn't necessarily the closest game against Clemson. So every team has games like this. Now, the fact that it came on regional television, on the MRAA showcase game, it it, it hurt. It it really did because this this was an opportunity uh, with a lot of eyes on the Broncos here to, to really make a name for themselves. And unfortunately, that did not happen. Now, in my preference here, Norfolk, Missouri State, undefeated on the season, ranked number seven entering, uh, ent- entering in that game. I'm sure had this game circled after the upset last year. And so I was not surprised by the outcome. I just expected a closer game and it was close. It was close uh, when we get into the to the uh, breakdown here. Uh, you will you, you know you'll go see UCLA fell down by a couple of scores early. Uh, they they fought their way back to cut the deficit down to two scores. But uh, after that, you know it 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 got bad. Uh, it got it got bad. But you know I, I would say that. You know what? What happened Saturday was ugly. Okay, I mentioned that now a, a couple, a couple times. But what? When it was there, regression in many areas after weeks of improvement. Okay, yes, yes, it was. I mean, we 
when we look at the box score, you, you know, uh, you, you'll be able to tell. Can you quickly forget about it? Okay, as much as I'm sure head coach Nick Bobek and the staff would like it to happen, at least from a fan perspective, until until the game Saturday against Fort Hayes State for homecoming, it's gonna, it's, 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 it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. And as a fan, did it hurt? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I neutral as I, as I try to be here, as an alum and a fan, and yeah, it was kind of disappointing. But I say this because the next logical step for many people is going to be, where do we go from here and should we be worried? Well, the, first, the answer, the answer to that, that first question will obviously we're going into Saturday, uh, 1 o'clock p.m. at Wong Stadium against Fort Hayes State for homecoming. Now, the second question, should we as fans be worried? No. You may be asking me, okay, we got beat by 49 points. Why are you not worried? Why, you ask? Because this is UCL football. And there's one thing I've learned covering the program in the past two plus years is that when, when they get hit in the mouth, when the going gets tough, they get going. Not once have I seen them not respond and the proof is in the pudding. Two years ago, you recall here, they started they started one and three with three straight losses by seven points or less. Okay, well a lot of teams would would have packed it in and folded. What did UCO do? They went seven and one down the stretch including six straight wins, a, a, a double overtime classic, uh, and a bowl win with the only loss being seven points, number one, Northwest Missouri State on, on the road in nasty weather, similar to what happened Saturday. Okay? Then look at last year. Okay, you know, again, when, when, we, when we talked about it last year in the, in the opening year I mentioned before, you were losing a lot of offensive players. A lot of leadership there on on the offense. You're bringing in a new quarterback. You're bringing in a couple of new um, uh, uh, wide receivers. You are breaking in some new linemen. So you know you were figuring that a step back, you know, from eight wins, maybe seven wins or six wins, you know, what was was looking likely. And early on. You know, after that rough opening, they lost Pitt State. Uh, you know, and, and and then they went and dropped the home opener after, against against Kearney on on a game where you know not only would you like would you like to win that because it was home opener, also the first game at the uh, newly completed at that time the Sports Performance Center uh, open, and, and so to lose that game, especially in the way that the game was lost. Uh, it certainly hurt, you know, uh, it, 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 it certainly hurt. Now, they were able to respond because, again, they got hit in the mouth. And what did they do? They responded. 10-point ball went over, over Lindenwood. Now, unfortunately, in that game, Keith Calhoun was a starter at that point in time. Went down with the season-ending season injury. And Chandler Garrett, he, he came in and, to, to his credit, led them to the win. But the staff were looking uh, were uh, bad. I just, it was looking bad. He was 4 for 11 for 105 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. So he said, okay, you know, that, that's fine. He came in there, I'm sure, with a week of starter reps. 
he'd be fine. Well, you like to say that until the following week you were hosting number four Northwest Missouri State. Okay? So, again, a lot of teams would fall. What did UCO do? They jumped out to a 28-3 lead and route to a 31-21 win. That win right there they started a 62 run that included three straight shutouts and a classic come from behind bowl win where in that game alone they found themselves down 31-13 early in the fourth only to outscore Angelo State 28-3 in the last 13 minutes of that game. Okay, so you still are not convinced at this point. Okay, I encourage you to look at the first couple of games of the season. It fell behind 34-7 in the home opener against Pitt State. Again, where well, a lot of teams would have folded to 10, they said it's not our day, they lie down and get beat by, by 50. What do they do? They fight back to even take a late lead after forcing forced turnovers and, and lose on, on a slow question not a field goal. Okay? Then the following against against Kearney again, they fall down, but they come back. And they win. So to say that I'm worried here, no, no, I'm not. Because as a history buff, a history repeats itself. Okay, if, if history told me anything the past couple of seasons here is that UCL, led by Nick Bobek and the leadership in that locker room and on the coaching staff, that this team is not going to come out here and just quit on themselves. That they have fought too hard through too many other obstacles. And, and it'll come out on the other side better because of it. And, and, and even if you if you watch that whole game, like I did, and if you did, I give you kudos. They they still fought hard. They fought hard until the very end of that game. And that is why I think that this that that this is a one-off thing. This this is a one-off thing that it happens to everybody. It happens to everybody. But believe me. If there's one thing I can safely say about UCL football, they do not quit. There is no ounce of quit in those men. Okay, it might look, it might look bad against Pitt State, but again, they, they quit. No, instead, they came back, they fought hard, and they, and they had a lead. Okay, they, 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 did it look bad against against Kearney? Yes, it did. Did it look bad last year? Yes, it did. Did it look bad this the, the year before, yes it did, but every single time they found a way to come back, make the most of the situation, and we're sitting here now again, they're two and two. So realistically here, if, if they went out, but we're still talking about nine-one season here. We're talking about nine-one season, and when we get into the NYAA standings here a little bit later, uh, you know, it, they, they they still have a chance. I would like to think you would still have a chance. If they were to win out here, okay, go 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 nine and two, you still have a chance. Uh, because when we get into the standings here, you will still see, okay, you will still see if they win out and a couple of teams at the top fall through, one of them. They, that, that they can actually beat here shortly, okay, then they have a chance. So to me, the season is still at hand. The goals we did, the set are still there. Again, I'm not worried. Sure, it looked bad, 
Okay? But most notably here, there were a couple of guys that I, I meant I, that I was I, I will briefly talk about here that to me epitomize the final team. And, and, and again, overall the team to me that kept on fighting. And so I I I I firmly believe that this is a one-off thing. I firmly believe here that UCL will indeed respond, and that we will and that they will come out, and we will, we will not be seeing a performance such as that again this season. Now I alluded to a couple of players that really impressed me here. But two of them are quarterbacks. Uh, number one was Keith Calhoun, who for the second straight week got the start. Now. It looked as if Wakans was still was still injured, was still not going to play. He would he would play in the uh, in the in the for for most of the fourth quarter. So that's telling me that he at least cleared. Now I'm not sure who they will start next week. Now either way, because I mentioned this now uh, several times, but in case you're new here, Keith was a starter last year before he got hurt. And then it was Chandler Garrett, and he got hurt, and then Will Collins came in there and, and did an immaculate job down the stretch and started the first two games of the season. Uh, and then was it was 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 out laughing against Lincoln with a concussion. And I was, was thinking that he was out again because he because Keith started, but he didn't play. So both are available. So whoever is is out there Saturday, I have confidence in that game that they can get the job done. Both people have both quarterbacks play well. Both quarterbacks have a command over the offense. Now I will say, in my opinion, just looking at it, the offense just has that 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 that, that extra get up with Keith. I mean, not with Keith with uh, Will in there, but still with Keith in there again. They put up 63 points. Against Lincoln, they they put up 52 points against against Lindenwood. So it, it, regardless, whoever is back there, I have full confidence in them getting the job done. Now, Keats, if you look at the stat line here, okay, is not all that impressive. Now, one must must be noted here uh, that the line play that has been improving the past couple of weeks did take a step back. Uh, they did allow seven sacks. Keats was sacked four times, and the blocking just wasn't there. The, the, the blocking wasn't there. The defensive front of uh, Northern, Northern Missouri State is nothing short of dominant. There's no way else to, else to put it. Uh, so he was under the rest pretty much the whole game. He still managed to go 13-31 for 203 yards, one touchdown, and then would have been... The leading rusher here, if it was not for the sack yards, he had uh, 12 attempts for, for 51 yards, lost 21 on sacks, finished with 30, it was second leading leading rusher there. So to me, to me, Keith, to me, I feel like if you watched that game, you would have seen Keith do everything he could to extend plays, try his try his best. <clears throat> Just me, uh, I will say the receiving core. Minus my next guy here, who I want to mention, Dustin Boskis, really did not do much. Uh, uh, they, they, they tried to they tried to go deep a couple of times to kill Hall, and did not connect. Uh, Monte preached Phillips did not necessarily have the best performance either receiving the ball. Uh, he was the second leading 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 receiver with two catches for 
50 yards, but one of those catches was for 45. Uh, Josh Moore, again, it, it, it was it was tough sledding. It, it was tough sledding for any receiver not named Dustin Boskins. Now, now Dustin Boskins, as we had alluded to last year, again, the new year, um, uh, and, and you don't want to look back at the uh, at the season previews. I encourage you all to do so back in the back in the archives. But Dustin Boskins last year after the injury to Elliot Curry, who was, who was no longer a part of the program, really stepped up his game. Had almost 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 a thousand yards after pretty much being the fourth option the season before after coming back from uh, from a uh, shoulder injury. And so he's a guy that has pretty much been the go-to uh, in, in in times of need for both Keats and Will Collins. And he had eight catches for 136 and one touchdown. Uh, Dustin Buckley is a guy, again, that I feel like, I mean, obviously he, he made the majority of, of, the, of the plays from the passing game perspective here. But he's also a guy that played hard uh, that 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 whole game. He there there were times where uh, on the on the scramble drills he was able to to keep on going and find a way to get open and and and, and really made some some nice plays. There. I mean the man really made some nice plays. Uh, T.J. Roberts, T.J. Roberts is another guy here. He finished leading rusher with 45 yards on 10 carries. Now again, he made the most out of his carries, four and a half yards of carry, especially when the blocking was not not always always there. And the fact that because we're trailing, the passing game was a focal point. And then the final guy I want to mention is Will Collins. Came in that fourth quarter was four nine 57 yards, was sacked three times. And also ran for 27 before the second defense for 12. Well, Collins again, again he had a couple of couple of drives in that fourth quarter. Uh, where they did they, 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 they did not come up, come away with, with any points on those drives, but moved the ball well. Uh, uh, again, I think you you kind of saw, and even the commentators for North uh, Missouri Missouri State even said that it appeared to them. That the offense did have a little bit more juice with what Collins in there, and I, 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 I do indeed, indeed believe that. But I, again, I must, I feel like both quarterbacks can really get the job done. Uh, so th those were those were three guys there that really caught caught my uh, caught my uh, eye there, and then. O'Shea Harris, I want to give O'Shea Harris credit here. O'Shea Harris got beat on a slant route for a 54-yard touchdown early on in that game. O'Shea Harris, remember, did, did come back, play a better game down the stretch, laid the wood to some poor receiver. I, I forgot who it was, but the poor man had to be seeing stars after that. So I want to give him credit, too, of not, not letting that, that bad play uh, affect the rest of his his ball game, but if if we're if we're looking at the at the overall numbers here, uh, UCL had 16 first downs, 111 rushing yards, uh, 2.9 yards per carry, 260 passing yards through the air with one touchdown, 371 yards on 79 plays. They had 10 punts. 
Averaged 36.9 yards upon two inside the 20. And then if we're looking here, time of possession, they actually won this time. The first time this season, they have won a time, time, time of possession battle. Uh, 35 minutes and 6 seconds. There was 7-19 on third down, 0-2 on fourth. 2-2 two and two in the red zone. 1-1 one one on PATs and field goals. Now, the Bearcats, 24 fourth down, 244 rushing yards, 6.4 yards carry, uh, 3 touchdowns, 324 passing yards, 4 touchdowns, 568 total yards, 9 yards of play, uh, 63 plays, punt the ball 5 times to 33 yards of punt, 3 inside the 20. Uh, then we're looking here at time possession. They had 24 minutes and 54 seconds. 3 of 10 on third down. So the defense was able to get off the field when they were able to get into a third down. They were able to get off the field, which is improvements because, again, we missed this, missed this beforehand. Defense would get the third downs and were not able to get off the field. So uh, uh, some positive here when they were able to force a third down. Seven times out of ten, they would get off the uh, off the field. I hope that that trend at least will carry over. They're one on one on fourth downs, three or three in the red zone. Again, seven sacks, uh, eight eight of eight on PATs, and one on one on field goals. So now moving on from that game because I feel like we just be beating a dead horse here. <clears throat> they have a chance. UCL now has a chance to redeem themselves. Okay. They return home again, two and two, could be in a worse spot. Uh, given the history that I, I read a couple of minutes ago, could be in a worse spot. Now two and two, while it's not great, it's not bad. And again, if they put the best foot forward, I know they will because you show football, they still have a chance. They have a chance with a little bit of luck here. They can go on another run if they have the past two seasons. They have a chance to still squeak their thing into the at-large bid. I, they have a chance. It, 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 it's small. Currently, the, 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 the way it looks with just a top three team in the conference right now looking extremely, extremely good. Uh, there's still a chance, though. There, there's still a chance that there's much work to be done. And that work starts a Saturday as they take on Fort Hayes State, who was 2-2 on the season, coming off a 44-3-1 over Missouri Southern, in which, again, getting a dead horse here, Missouri Southern is improved. Okay, I, I know I keep saying this, but I, I feel like it must be said, so whenever I read the numbers of phosphorus here, not to say, you know, oh, they, you know, they were still out game by 200 yards and they were still beating by 40 points. This is still a must improve the Missouri Southern team. Anybody who followed me, this podcast knows, who followed UCO for, for at least the past five years, knows how bad Missouri Southern really is. Okay, well, I, I think we recall last year when they played UCO, which I feel like was game either seven, eight, or nine, one of the two, they had two sacks. They, so, so they had their two sacks at that point in time on the whole season. Uh, I recall I went on Kimmich Radio, me and man Trevor, Trevor Stone, 
and I, I, I did. I was like, they had two sacks. And, and so, um, again, this is a much improved team under Jefferson. Just want to keep putting that out there. So, the numbers, while it, it might seem bad, it, it, is, it, is, it is better. Yeah, it's better. So, for comparison sake, it's not like necessarily a truly scrub team anymore. Putting up these numbers, it is a decent team putting up these numbers. Now, we're looking here at the buffer of my score from that game again. It was only 20 to nothing at the half. So, again, some improvement there from the form of Missouri Southern. Um, for a state, though, have 21 first down, 182 rushing yards, uh, 4.7 runs a carry, one touchdown through the air, 255, four touchdowns. Uh, total offense, 437, and 5.5 and yards play, 6 punts at a 42.7 yard average, 4 inside the 20, 2 touchbacks, 1 inside the 50, and 1 fair catch. Then they were looking here, they had the ball for plan I mentioned 50 seconds, 7 to 18 on third downs, 5 of 6, <coughs> excuse me, in the red zone, 4 sacks, and 3 of 4 on field goals. Missouri Southern had 16 first downs, 64 rushing yards, and 3 yards carry, 280 yards passing, 4 interceptions, no touchdown, 144 yards of offense on 85 plays. Um, they had the ball for 30 minutes and 10 seconds, so they actually won the time possession. 4 of 21 on third, 2 of 6 on fourth, 1 of 2 in the red zone, 1 at one sack, and 1 of 1 on field goals. Now, uh, as we're looking here, what surprised me. What really surprised me here was the passing attack of Fort Hayes. Now, if you recall, a couple of weeks ago, they were the showcase game against Missouri. And in that game, uh, the quarterback here, who will get, 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 get into it in a couple of minutes, uh, did, did not impress me. As a matter of fact, it was the run game behind the physical line that really had me concerned. But looking at the numbers here, <coughs> excuse me, when I was doing the scouting report, uh, it seemed to be the opposite. And even against Missouri Southern, you could clearly see that the pass game was, was catalyst. I mean, they had four touchdowns uh, to, to to one. Now the main man but operating the quarterback position is sophomore Chance Fuller, 6195. Uh, on the season he has 1,192 yards, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions, and a 58.9% completion percentage and 298 yards game. Now he he seems to be right now the main reason why the offense is averaging uh 33 points a game. And 437 yards a game. Now, now again, against against Central Missouri, he did not look too too impressive. He has since a bit obviously here has turned it around, uh, completely passing at a very high percentage rate. Uh, so again, as much as I like to think that uh, that the run game 
was the focal point. Uh, it, it has somewhat changed. It, it, it has it has it has changed. Um, now, when they do decide to go to the ground here, senior running back Charles Tigner, 5'9", 195, has 75 carries for 221 yards, uh, one touchdown, 4.3 yards per carry. Also, their second leading receiver on the season uh, with 17 catches for 145 and has 38 more carries than the back of running back. So Charles Tigner has been the workhorse uh, so far for Fort Hayes uh, this uh, this season. Now, when they played against Central, when they played against Central Missouri, he was he was he was looking really good in that game, and that's what made me. That's what actually made me say that the ground game. Was the focal point because in that in that game, while he only had 69 yards, uh, they were really impressive runs here. They they were they were they were really impressive runs. Uh, matter of fact, they had they had about a buck a buck fifty combined between the three running backs in in that football game. Um, so he's a guy that obviously here. Looking at the receiving stats, has some has some has some ability to hurt you uh, in the passing game. Now, if you did recall watching the game, I mentioned before the Missouri, I mean the uh, the, the uh, Bearcats running back Justin Wankin, the Kent State transfer, uh, was really effective in the in the passing game. Uh, as, uh, as 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 well. As a matter of fact, he was the second leading receiver in that game with ten with oh, excuse me with two catches for seventy seven yards and two touchdowns. So a, a running back that can catch, as, as we have seen even in UCL with, with TJ Roberts in that Pitch State game, had that nice touchdown catch. Uh, just adds more pressure on a defense. Uh, so, uh, so the fact that he can do both here uh, is it, going to be tough. It, it's going to to put more pressure on the defense uh, to 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 cover to really play assignment football. Then when they do go 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 to their actual uh, receivers, their main one here, uh, this dude is an absolute certified stud. Uh, there is no way around it. This man, by while doing again, while doing my, my research here, he made the game-winning touchdown catch as a true freshman for his JUCO team in the national championship. That man is senior receiver Harley Harley Hazlitt, 6'3", 225 pounds, so a big physical man. Actually led the conference last year with 91 catches. So know this man is good. Know this man is good. So far this season has 28 catches for 288 yards and six touchdowns and almost 14 yards per catch and averaging 97 yards a game. Now, this is where the bigger corners, your uh, O'Shea Harris's, your Daniel Bombins, really be coming into play. Now, we know, as I mentioned here during the uh, past two recruiting specials, there has been a focal point for Coach Lubbock and the, and the, and the staff to get bigger at defensive back position. 
and for moments just like this. Okay, because he's 6'3, almost 230 right now. He's a very physical receiver. You need the big physical corners. And, and again, Daniel Bauman this, this, this season, I've seen improvements over over him last year. Now I like to think, I like to think that he would be drawing O'Shea Harris out there in coverage. So O'Shea Harris, it's, like, it's a really good time for him to prove his his All American status again. Not the best game defensively for him last week. So this is a it's a huge chance for him. Uh, to really make a name for himself, to, to, to really rebound here, uh, if, if, if he can if he can limit Hazlitt's ability in this uh, in this game. Now the other two receivers of note here, sophomore receiver Manny Ramsey, 5'11 and 185, has 15 catches for 251 yards and two touchdowns and almost 17 yards of catch, and then senior receiver Lane. Beaverly, 6'2", 190. Uh, it was a solid, solid, solid return. man. had 79-pump return yards last year against UCLA. Holds the school record for return yards for 600. Uh, at least pump, pump return yards, that is. Uh, so far this season, he has 12 catches for 203 yards, one touchdown, almost 17 yards of catch. Has 82 pump return yards on 11 returns. And this is a guy here again. You have noticed here the lowest yards per catch is 13.9. So the rest is hovering around 17 yards per catch. So this is why the numbers are looking really good for Mr. Fuller right now because the passing game, big plays. The players in the passing game and it's set up by the run game. I know that Tigner's, you know, that the lack of touchdowns, only one touchdown right now. But this is probably what they do. They run it, they run it, and then when they want to get you in there, they have the the the, the side on the outside again with, with uh Hazard here at 6'3 and Beaverly at six foot two. You know, that's that's tough on the defense. If if you if you recall in the bowl game last year, okay, I, I came on here against Angelo State, they had I think at least two or three receivers that were six two or six for three. And I mentioned that it was going to be a tough draw for the for the secondary, which it was for the first three three uh three quarters. Now in the fourth quarter, I don't know what happened. As I as I mentioned mentioned before here, I was going in on state the last 30 minutes of the of that game, 28-3. But in any case though, the, the physical receivers did make it tough on the on the UCL backs. So we will see here how they how they handle that. Now obviously if, if we get a pass rush, would would make life a whole lot easier. Now again, I'm looking up front here. We got some new faces. I think now we're entering game five. We'd like to see more of a more of a pass rush. I like to see more of a just pass rush. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to result in sacks. Now, obviously, you want to see a sack, but honestly, if we, if we can just force him. We could force Fuller throw on the run. We could we could force some bad passes here. Uh, we we could you know force him to rush some throws. Just anything to disrupt the timing 
of Fuller. And right now, Fuller is a, is a deadly accurate QB. Uh, but again, you know, I, I don't know many QBs, aside from the truly elite QBs, who are accurate under intense pressure. So I need the defensive front. Now, I don't know if, if that would include if we send some sense of linebackers. Now, now Marlo Hughes is a guy whose speed I feel like could be, could be utilized on, on Butchers to get Marlo Hughes. Man, track at uh, Enid and at the same time also was, was being uh, used some as safety in the spring. So, this is a guy here that obviously has some speed. So, maybe we send some some, some blitz packages here or the defensive front alone can get some pressure, but the pass rush would go, would go, would go a long way. Then rounding out the offense here, a kicker, Dante Brown, the Canadian 9-12 on the season. Now, it must be noted here, and and, and again, special teams unit, offenses of the game last week was not promising. The special teams, the opening kickoff for the Bearcats, they ran, they ran back. Now I know Tyler Holland, again, quality special team coach that we already have a block pond. I mean, a, <laughs> a punt block. Already have a punt block on, on, on the season. They already forced a couple of missed field goals against Kearney and then forced one against Lincoln. This is a unit now, especially Especially if the field goal is from 40 and beyond. Because right now, Mr. Brown is 2 of 4 from, from, the, from between 40 and 49 yards and 1 of 2 from 50 to 59 yards. So we can force long field goals here. Now, as you recall, against Kearney, force long field goals, man, there's two of them. So if we can do the same, because I know on the kicks, it get they will it will get the rush. I have seen almost every kick this season minus the one last week. There has been a steady push, and there and there has been speed coming off the ends on the kicks. So if they can, if they can, if they can continue that, that that will be huge. That that'll be huge. So again, I put in another rebounding game for also from the team's unit. Uh, as well, now defensively here, they are led by senior safety Tanner Hoffman, who is who is leading a unit, a unit that that is allowing just 25.7 points per game, 152.8 on the ground, and 248.7 through the air, along with notching seven interceptions to seven touchdowns, and allowing 401 and a half yards game. So while Wall the yards are there. Uh, they, they, they have seven interceptions. Uh, they forced two fumbles. Uh, and they have four sacks. So not not a bad defense here. Not not, not I mean, at, at least at least looking here. The sacks you can say okay four sacks. Four games, about a second game, but the but the secondary with seven picks in four games is really impressive. Now it must be noted here, it must be noted four came last week. Okay. So prior to, to Missouri Southern they had, they had three. But regardless though, you stay able to make plays in the secondary. And one of the main catalysts I'm missing before here is senior safety Tanner Hawkman. Uh six one two hundred and twenty. So great size there. 
uh, for its safety. Uh, could, could, could probably, I, I venture to say something out here, considering how he beats the team titles for 30 34 here, could probably come down and play some, play some pretty good run defense. Uh, he also has two TFLs, is tied for the for team lead with two interceptions, and has three path breakups. Uh, then the second leading second leading tackler is junior linebacker Drew Harvey, a 6'1", 230 pound Kansas transfer, uh, who had four tackles last year all came against Rutgers. Uh, he has he has 33 tackles, five TFL, has the lead on the team with two sacks. Uh, and then the other two play, playmakers they have on defense are both designed in the secondary. Senior Hayden Kruzer, six foot 190, 27 tackles, two picks, two pass breakup, one forced fumble. And then junior Isaiah Creel Musgrave, 6'1", 185, 11 tackles, two picks, four picks. So again, big in the secondary. Big in the secondary, all of these guys I mentioned are six foot or over. So again, this is where guys like Kill Hall on that six one, six foot two reigns. Uh, Priest Phillips here at six foot three will really need to have some good games. Uh, now, I, I, Dustin Boskins, up to this at this point, will get hit. But we need that second option to come and, and, and show up and be there because this is a great secondary. Again, they have seven picks on, uh, on on the season. Two guys, I mean, you have three guys that have two picks each. So these are guys that can make plays on the ball. So ball security has to be of utmost importance. Now, sometimes with, uh, with Will in there, Will does take chances. I will notice that Will takes chances. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Now, with Keats, you kind of get more of a secure game. Uh, Keats, I, I really don't see, he doesn't really force passes unless, unless we're late, either in the half or in the game, and he's trying to make a play. Uh, but, but, but otherwise, Keats, Keats takes what the defense gives him. Will will occasionally take some shots. Now, again, you, you know, what's whatever you want here. But if whoever is out there will definitely have to do their best. And now I must notice here um, some some miscellaneous stats uh, uh, to 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 end the end out the forty-eight states uh, section here. They have eleven fumbles on on the season. So just like they have takeaways, the offense has ball security issues. So eleven fumbles here and four games. That's not. Good look here. Rounding almost that's almost three a game uh, with six loss. So there's a chance here that we know the defensive unit under Rush Pickett likes to hit. I think it has been, I have mentioned this man with Jacory Hunt before. He can hit. Uh, O'Shea can hit. Dylan Hall can hit. Byron Burns can hit. Jamai Hill can hit. So there, there are hitters on the defense. To me now, there's 11 fumbles already. Seems to me here you still could probably force a couple of, couple of more. Uh, and they've also been sacked seven times. So again, we can get a pass rush here. 
will go a long way. Uh, they are 38.4% on third down, so not the best. 33% on fourth down. Then they are allowing 40.5% on third and 45.5% on fourth. So this is this is good because UCO was able to go on long drive and we finally won the possession. I mean the top possession battle. And I know that that, that has been a, a talking point of coach. Uh, pretty much the past three weeks has been that they've not won that 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 category yet. Now they've, they've finally won the category, uh, and you can mainly tell that was because one, um, Northwest Missouri scored in big plays, and two, they were they forced them to be three or ten on third down. Now we can continue that trend of forcing three and outs for uh, of, of, of forcing stops on third down. That will go a long way because as we see here, uh, they're not that great themselves here on, on third down. They're only 38.4%. So, uh, to me here, this is a huge game. Uh, they, this is a uh, this is a huge game in many, many ways. One's homecoming. So, if there are a couple of games that you don't want to lose at any uh, uh, season, that's homecoming, that's senior night, and that is against your rights. Secondly, here, uh, they, 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 I'm assuming they're mad. I'm going to go on a limb and say they're probably going to have a tough to practice. And I'm sure that they're going to be ready to come out Saturday and definitely put what happened last week behind them. Thirdly, here, again, uh, a win <clears throat> keeps you still in the hunt. Now, as we look at the conference standings right now, Okay, three teams set tied for first and four and on that is North Missouri, Pittsburgh State, and Central Missouri. And you see right now is third. Right now we are, we are we are third. We are third, but we are tied with Emporia, Fort Hayes, Missouri Western, and Kearney. Now we know we will have the tiebreaker over Kearney on uh, the way things are going. And rounding out the list before I get more than that, you have Missouri Southern and Wasper. Wasper is surprisingly here on a three-game losing streak, a one and three on the season. Now, I know Wasper made a made a bowl last year, but boy, they 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 taken a, a step back, and then Lincoln and NSU at zero and four on the season. But to me here again now, if we if we if we're looking. Who is but who is tied to show right now? You show still have not played Emporia, have not played Fort Hayes yet. They haven't played Missouri West. They also have not played Central Missouri. So you and those four, you know, you kind of you uh, you know it, it, at least that way. At least if you beat Emporia, Fort Hayes, and Western, then hopefully you would you, you would at least be entrenched in third. Now, if you upset the Missouri here, okay, now, now it's going to be interesting because now, now, especially if they were to lose another game as well, that could potentially put you in third. And the way it's going right now, North, North Missouri and Pitt State are also 4-0. They have also not played yet. So, at some point in time here, if UCO beats Central Missouri, who they play, looking at the schedule, 
will they play after Fort Hayes? So now let's just say they beat some of they beat some Missouri, okay, and then some Missouri lose to either Pitt State or Northwest Northwest Missouri, and they have two losses. UCO runs the table here. We're sitting in third place, and if you're sitting in third place at nine and two. I mean, listen, it's going to be tough okay, to keep a 9-2 team out the playoff. I'm going to be real honest with you here. Uh, it would it would be at an at-large bid. But let me tell you, uh, I checked the national rankings beforehand. UCO was getting was, was, was getting votes. We're getting votes uh, before Saturday's game. So to me here, beat Fort Hayes. Go on the road on the 12th and knock off the meals. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm liking the chances here. I mean, Missouri Western, you know, obviously is no pushover. But then you have a run here of Wasburn, Missouri Southern, and Northern State. To me, those should all be, you know, wins. At, at, at least those three right there are no Wasburn on the road. But those three should be wins. Uh, and then you end with with Emporia, which is always a clash. We the past two years have just been clashes. But in any case here, so I'm liking the odds. I'm liking the odds. Again, Fort Hayes to me is beatable. Uh, now, it's going to take a good effort. It's going to take a complete four quarters. Uh, and I, I think the team is capable, of, is capable of doing that. I think that again, they're going to want to put this behind them. And so I'm expecting a much better effort and a much better outcome against Fort Hayes. Uh, again, the kickoff is scheduled for 1 p.m. at Watton Stadium. Uh, so, you know, as we, as we go ahead and up it up here, you know, it, it might look bad, okay, if you were just going off of last week, it might look bad, you know, if, if, if you're sitting here saying, well, all the progress that we came on here and discussing that coach has mentioned, that that took some steps back, okay, yeah, you're probably right, but at the same time, now, as good as Pitt State is here, Northwest Missouri State Probably the best team in the conference. I'm gonna just go out there and say that right now, at least from, from, from what I've seen. I know the meals are good, the quarterback is the real deal. Uh, when we get to him next week, you will see this man is indeed the real deal. But what what Missouri State I think here set the ball. I think of the pitch there, I know they're four and Okay, but that was a game that I feel really, really good about. Now, I know last week I came in here and I said, I truly believe in my heart they can win this game. And I did believe that. But I always felt the odds were better against Pitt State. And clearly they were, because we saw what happened against Pitt State. They were they were able to, they were able to come back. Northwest Missouri State, the show will play a complete game for four quarters to do. They did not let up in that game. Uh, they poured it on. And so my hope is UCLA will do the same thing against Fort Hayes. And we come out there, we get out to a fast start, okay, and then we have a sustained, sustained momentum because that's been a problem. We come out there, we score open drive minus, minus last week, 
And then we kind of fall off until that third, fourth quarter. If we can go to a fast start and sustain that for four quarters, it's going to be hard to beat. I, I, I know I've been saying this now the whole season, but it's true. It would be really be hard to beat if we could just sustain that momentum from the fast starts and carry it on. So, again, I'm not concerned here. I, I, I'm not concerned at all. We'll be seeing a much better, much better team and a much better performance against Fort Hayes. I, I, I am almost certain of that. Almost certain of that because the leadership in the locker room is not going to stand for this. I know they have, they have their goals. We brought on O'Shea here. He had mentioned that his goal was to win the playoffs. Okay, and, and, and I know when I talk to my man James Jackson, and he's and he's and he's talking to other 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 players, that they also think that their goal is the playoffs. Now, to me here, if you still have a chance to achieve that goal, but it requires them to play quality football for the next seven games. So we'll see if they can do it, but you got to take it one game at one game at a time. And that starts Saturday against Fort Hayes, so we'll see how that uh, how that goes. But I, I'm 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 feeling confident here. I think we should be in store for a good game. I think that UC will come out mad with something to prove here, and hopefully we'll go ahead and put the foot down and and, and, and really really make Fort Hayes State uh, have to fight in this game. That the defense uh, can reinforce, get get playing outs here. Uh, we can generate a pass rush. Um, you know, offensively here, we get the run game going. Uh, I think that the offensive line will have a better better outing. I, I know Coach 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 Coach, Coach, Coach uh, is a line coach. I know that he takes great pride in that in that unit. So I think that there will be a better outcome. That's their point as well. And I think in the in the receiving core, uh, I, I I do I think that preach will show up. I, I think that the kill hall kill open now. He was open on a couple of deep passes. Uh, the, the ball just was not able to get there. So if we connect on those, we can stretch the field there. We have a chance. I've chance in this game, I feel like getting their chance in this game is my crew. Fort Hayes is no pussy. Fort Hayes again is, 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 a, is a good program. Okay, they've been they made the playoffs last year. You know, they shut us out last year. Good team. With a quarterback right now that is playing great football. And and, and they have one of the better receivers in in the in the conference right now. So it, it will take it will take a complete effort. It will take a complete four quarters probably to get this done. And so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the Broncos Saturday at 1 p.m. at Wallace Stadium, Wallace Stadium for football coming. So um, as we wrap it up here, uh, I hope to come on here next next week and we discuss a win and then we'll preview what is could be. I mean, I feel like at this point, every game could be the game of the year. We're talking about trying to get into the, into the playoffs here. But a very tough opponent on the road, that is. Uh, on, 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 on top of that, on the road, uh, against Central Missouri and the quarterback who will get his real deal. Holy field. So, 
that will do it. Uh, my name is Dr. Goodo, a.k.a. J.D. Smooth, and I'll talk to you all later.